Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, this is going to be an exciting one. We're revisiting a little Catoctin Creek with Dean Kaplan, National Sales Director. Uh, I think, Dean, you're on the road traveling. Uh, I'm having some internet connections, but we're going to make it through this. We're going to drink some good whiskey. Uh, how are you, Dean? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Dean, before we get started and before we get into this, uh, thanks so much. You sent us over some samples, and uh, it's going to be fun to kind of taste through these things. I, I think what I actually reached out for was uh, was the Rabble Rouser bonded, Bottle and Bond. That was a hard one to find on the shelf these days. But before we get into this, I'm already tasting a little bit. I think Dan is, too. You probably are yourself. Uh, but maybe a little, uh, maybe drop a quick bio on us on uh, Dean Kaplan. Uh, where were you before Catoctin, and how'd you wind up as a national sales director? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, this is what I've done my entire life. Uh, grew up in retail. When I was 13, my dad bought a store and stopped stocking shelves and on any. So started doing that when I was a kid and uh, went off to college to study electrical engineering, computer science, and uh, realized I didn't want to be a programmer all day, which if anybody remembers uh, Scott being on your program a year ago, he's a computer science guy himself. So <laughs> that served me well having that history uh, now, but came back after saying I would never work for my dad again. And, uh, Lo and behold, I found myself working for my dad and fell in love with the industry. So, you know, at 21, I was buying beer, wine and spirits and just really got exposed to all the great things. And this is this is before the big bourbon boom. I mean, this is, you know, in the early 2000s. And so it was really fun to watch craft beer and then spirits really grow from there. So. We ended up selling that business. I ran the company that bought us and then went to the distributor side. So ran some high volume uh, national brands, worked with Miller Coors, Mark Anthony, Constellation, Diageo, all those big guys and learned a lot from them. And uh, then was lucky enough to pivot to the supplier side, working for a small company that uh, had two brands under his portfolio, Stolen Spirits and Heaven's Door Whiskey, which is a partnership with Bob Dylan which was a lot of fun. I was, I started the, uh, the Monday before heaven's door launched to retail, uh, was my first day with that company. So I got to watch that one explode. And, uh, I was looking to take the next step and just over a year ago found Catoctin Creek and met with Scott and Becky who are the absolute best. And it, uh, it's been great ever since. Yeah, cool, cool. So I, I may, uh, well, first off, uh, I don't know if you're having a drink with us. I would expect you probably are. Uh, we're going to be tasting through, we're going to be tasting through, uh, so the 80 proof, the 93 proof, uh, the bottle and bond and the cast proof. And, and we'll probably ask you to, to share a little about those. Uh, we may share some too, you never know, but as we kind of taste through, uh, as we taste through these and, you you have to help me. I always screw it up, not intentionally, but it's uh, it's the Virginia rye whiskey. Is that right? Thank Absolutely, you. the Virginia rye whiskey. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm like I always feel like I left something out of there. Not, uh, but I got it right this time. So uh, awesome. Uh, I already kind of warmed up and kind of getting things set with the eighty proof. And you're, uh, if I can say, can I mention where you are? I think I already did. So absolutely, yeah. Is a good, okay. Yeah. So, so you're in Dallas, right? And, and again, uh, we're sipping on Catoctin Creek, the Virginia rye whiskey. And, uh, what's the, so as the, as the national sales director, what's that looking like for you? What markets, uh, are you already in Texas and the Dallas area or is this a new venture? No, we absolutely are. So, uh, you know, we're in 28 States and six countries right now. 
Um, you know, we did a little bit of some consolidation in 2021 when I came on board and, you know, really working for this year to keep developing those relationships and, you know, building where we're strong down here in Texas, uh, it is part of the sort of family business aspect of Catoctin Creek. Uh, Scott and Becky, a husband and wife, own the company, and their son, Eddie, is our Texas sales manager. And so uh, I'm going to be spending a couple of days down here with him, uh, along with some other people. And so, you know, we're really working to develop those relationships and build in those uh, states. Now, Cal, I've got some good news for you. Now, knowing that you're in Georgia, I am working on... Uh, hopefully securing some distribution there this year. So hopefully, you know, when we speak next time, right. you'll be able to buy your rabble rouser on the shelf and not have to call in some favors via Instagram. Oh, he'll still call those favors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just won't be as often or frequent. No, not, not that they're often or frequent, but that, that's great news. So maybe Dean, if I can uh, kind of go back to, so you, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of mom and pop shop when you got started out family business. Uh, went on to work for some of the, uh, you know, so, some of the larger folks in the spirit industry. Uh, what, what's the difference? I mean, if, if you want to paraphrase, right? I mean, what's it like? What's the, what, what are the key differences in working at, uh, you know, a, a name like Diageo versus a Catoctin Creek? Yeah. So, you know, there are benefits and challenges to both, Right. And when you're working with the big guys, you've got an absolute monster of a machine behind you. And you've got all the resources at your disposal, whether they're uh, team members with, you know, amazing pedigree and lots of history in the industry and, uh, you know, the monetary resources to make awareness happen and all of that, right? The big guys can make that happen. But to get anything done takes a long time. And it takes a ton of buy-in from a lot of stakeholders. And so, you know, growing up in family business and then working for one again, what I love the most is that we're nimble and, you know, we're not afraid to make mistakes. We certainly all do all the time, but we use them to learn. And when we need to get something done, we can make it happen. Uh, you know, Scott, Becky and I are a great collaborative team, our sales team, uh, you know, internally, as well as our shared team, everybody gets a voice and we all get to be part of growing this amazing brand. And, you know, Becky is the heart and soul and Scott is the guy you came up with it, but we all get a chance to put our stamp and our fingerprints on this really cool brand, this story that we're telling. And that's, that's the biggest difference for me is that, you know, anybody can have a huge impact on this business. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so talk, let's get into, uh, the 80 proof, uh, while we're, uh, while we're chatting through this thing. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, flagship label entry level at 80 proof kind of anybody can drink it. Right. I mean, it's a good, uh, probably I would, I would frame it up as a good introduction to someone that says, ah, I don't, I don't drink rye whiskey. Right. I, I'm, I'm a bourbon person or, or some other kind of spirits person. And, you know, rise, maybe it's something that I really haven't found that I, I'm uh, I've gravitated towards yet. I think this is a good introductory. And by the way, uh, you know, I do find it interesting. I think this is with all of your 80 proof. Are they, They're all single barrels, right? Every single whiskey that we produce is a single barrel offering, which we're super proud to be able to say. And, you know, that that is a testament to Becky's ability as a distiller to produce a really consistent product every single barrel right and so it truly is good and you know cal i might have to hire you because this is if you were in my sales pitch earlier that <laughs> that note that uh you know it is the entry level in that bourbon drinkers rye the non-rye drinkers rye is the best way to describe it i mean it what's crazy and you know we hear from time to time people don't believe that it's rye but it's 100%. It's 100% unmalted rye, but it's soft and it's intentionally soft. Becky likes to call, call it her front porch sipper. And, you know, it, it really is. It's, it's easy to approach. It plays well in cocktails, but it, it's not too spicy. And across our portfolio, and especially in this 80 proof, that spice is warm. 
right? It's not harsh green pepper, black pepper spice that you might get out of Midwest or Canadian rye. It is softer, approachable, warmer. So for those people who don't think they like rye, it really hits their palate well, right? I, I, I absolutely love it. It's a, a great everyday rye. And that, you know, as you said, the price point plays really well as well. Which I, I think it's kind of fun, right? I mean, you, it's, it's, I can introduce you at 80 and then I can kind of take, I can, you know, we, we can graduate or evolve through the rye whiskey process through uh, the four expressions that we're going to be talking about. And, and if, it, you know, at some point you get to something that's like, yeah, that may not be for me, you can back off or, you know, you, you can just completely usurp it and, and go somewhere different. So to your point in, in that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a front porch sipper. It's probably not what people are thinking as, uh, you know, uh, even though it's a traditional rye, well, it's a Virginia rye whiskey, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's label it that. But I, I think it's a, a direction in you start to pick up. It's you're, you're kind of moving away from that, like that sweetness that you're getting, that sweet corn that you're getting from, mm-hmm. you know, your, your typical bourbon profile and you're starting to pick up some more of those earthy, woody uh, tones in where you're going to go from a rye. But again, on the back end of this thing, where most people probably gravitate is, well, yeah, but it's got that, you, you mentioned it, that peppercorn, that, that hot, spicy, you know, what may be something that I'm not used to that's not that, that sweetness. I think there's, you, you guys are doing a really nice job of that, that balanced blend to help someone uh, not to get away from bourbon. That's not what I'm steering at all, but I think it's more to explore. Let, let's look in different whiskey profiles. And now I think it gives you a chance to go back to a bourbon and to start picking up things that you may have forgotten about, or maybe your palate had, you know, kind of just kind of fell numb to, right? I mean, it's just, Oh, I just expect that on, uh, you know, on, on a traditional bourbon and this rise kind of given, you know, uh, invigorating or refreshing that palate and, Ooh, Hey, I, I did, you know, that's a note I hadn't gotten in a while. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. And, you know, it, and being Virginia rye, it's not only where we're distilling it, but it's also where we're getting the grain from, right. It's really important to us to be as local as possible. So, you know, terroir matters in any great, you know, any crop that you're growing and that shines through in the rye as well. And we don't talk about it in spirits very often just because, um, you know, it's not part of the narrative, but you know, it, it is fun. And then again, yes, we're not trying to take people away from anything, but it allows you to experiment and transition. Part of, part of enjoying whiskey is that experimentation and the journey you go on. Right. And it's, it's from American whiskey to Japanese whiskey to rye, you know, across the whole thing. So I'm so happy to be able to represent something that's unique and enjoyable for most palates. You, you may not want to share, uh, but I'm going to ask the question and, and you're not going to steer us one way or the other. I already know kind of where I lean in, in the lineup goes. Uh, I, I don't lean away from any of them. I, I know where I kind of gravitate towards. Uh, do, do you have a favorite? And, and again, because they're all single barrels, but you know, so it's probably going to be seasonality uh, or, or what season, you know, that, that uh, it was distilled and when it came out, that's probably going to be most of the variants because I think everything is aged. Uh, on site, right? Yes, everything is aged on site. Uh, our warehouse is about uh, 40 minutes west of where we're at. And, you know, it, luckily, whiskey isn't sentient, so I don't need to hurt anybody's feelings. So I can, I can share what my favorite is without uh, causing too many, too many problems. My, my absolute favorite uh, that we make is that Rabble Rouser. That is my favorite of our whiskeys. Now, as we'll talk about when we get to it, super small production. So I can't say that, but after that, it's our cast proof. Now with that said, I'll share with you guys. I love the cast proof, but it's not what I drink the most of because it gets me into trouble. So <laughs> I, I drink more of the 92 because that, that cast proof at 116 with the balance it has, it, it makes the next morning a little rougher than it needs to be. So I swapped the bottle that was on the top of the bar. That's, you know, the easy one to pour in a nightcap from cast proof to 92, just to save myself for myself. <laughs> nice. Uh, I know the feeling I, I've, I've gone down <laughs> that road before. 
Many, many times, many times. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I did graduate to the uh, to the ninety two proof, and and again, I, I think uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think you all do a really nice job of uh, of there's there. Hey, here here's a good starting point for you. Now, where do you want to go next? And you know, those twelve proof points. I don't notice it necessarily in, uh, I don't get the proof, but I do mm-hmm. get a lot, uh, it, I, the, just the depth of flavors that are coming out of those 12 proof points. And you, you may or may not share, I don't see an age statement on this one. Uh, and, and I don't know if you want to share that or not. I no, absolutely. You so, you know, we age everything at 30 gallon new American oak. And so given that we age just about two years, so a little over two years on what you've got in the bottle there. And um, that's consistent across the entire Roundstone line. So the difference between that 80 and the 92 is truly those barrels at time of bottling. So we don't make a determination when we put it in the warehouse that this is going to come out at 80. This is coming out out at 92. This is going to come out at cast. When we get to bottling everything, whoever happens to be in the distillery at that time gets a sample through. We take notes and all of that. Now I say everybody, the only person who isn't allowed is Scott because his input was no longer helpful. (laughs) They were all too good. He just said they were all fantastic. So he got taken off the committee, but uh, you know, we have a majority uh, female team in the distillery making that pick. And we found that their palates are, you know, a little more developed than ours and they, they take a little more detailed notes. So um, for that 92, we select those barrels with an elevated spice characteristic, a little more depth to them to do exactly what you said, Cal, carry that proof through. Right. So it's got some more body. It's got a little more oomph to it. And it's not just 12 proof points, but it is everything else involved as well. Yeah, kind of, Dean, it kind of starts to bring out that, uh, hey, hey, this really is rye whiskey. And it's kind of getting you to more of that herbal, piney, uh, some brown sugar. But I, I'm going back and re- just, I'm just nosing the 80 proof and the 92. And like I, I mentioned earlier, right, I mean, it's kind of, this is a good uh, barometer of, hey, go get this and then get your favorite bourbon and kind of go bounce back and forth and start to notice the similarities and Mm -hmm. not odd, but it's just, I mean, like just in the 80 proof, when I nose it again, like the caramel in this thing and kind of that citrus really opens up at 80 proof versus when I first nosed it compared to the 92 proof, not to say the 92 proof doesn't have some of that, but I'm getting more kind of that burnt brown sugar on the 92 uh, mm-hmm. almost, uh, uh, not creme brulee, but, uh, yeah, Maybe butter brown scotch. Sugar and butterscotch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, it is again, it, it's crazy. The same mash bill, right? It's the same. They went into the barrel at the same time as, you know, essentially they could have, I don't know which batches you guys actually have, but you know, you could be yeah. doing that and it's whether or not the barrel, you know, had a tighter grain or a looser grain, you know, all those things really help change it. And it, it's fun to, fun to be able to do that experimentation. I'm getting more of a butterscotch on the 92, mm-hmm. more of a yeah. toffee on the 80. But I mean, that 80 is, a, is, is I think is fantastic. And um, Cal would call it a great breakfast bourbon or make dessert <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> any, breakfast, any time of the day bourbon? <laughs> let's start with breakfast bourbon. We'll, we'll, I like that one. <laughs> We'll get to the cereal notes uh, in, in in a minute, uh, but so let, let me ask this. Uh, so still, well, not still. You you started in thirty gallon barrels, right? Catawba mm-hmm. Creek did. Yep. And and you're remaining at thirty gallon barrels. And is that? Uh, do, you, do you think that's the temperature? I mean, is that like a, a path forward where you guys are going to stay? And if 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 or if not, why is that the case? Yeah, you know, we really do plan to stay in those thirty gallon barrels. We Certainly by this point uh, could have made the choice to make that change. But what we find is in those 30 gallon barrels at that two year, you get the age, you get the maturity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you still get that rye and you still get the grain to come through. 
And that's really important to us because not only are we making a modern Virginia rye, but we're trying to honor 400 years of distilling tradition in Virginia. So, you know, going back to 1607, when those original Jamestown colonists made rye whiskey, they would have not been aging for six, seven, eight years, right? That wouldn't have been part of their story. So we're trying to keep that as part of our narrative as well to really honor that length of tradition within the state and bring that as part of our tradition as well. Yeah, I guess marketing existed back then. They probably didn't know what the term <laughs> marketing actually was, but but it was like, uh, let's make it and drink it, boys. Let's or poor folks. We we don't need to make it and sit on it, right? I mean, we, exactly. Uh, too, so, yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, yeah. It's again, I I think it's fun, right? And and again, not to to take anything away from. Uh, we'll, we'll get to an aged uh, bourbon in a minute, but uh, or I'm sorry, an aged rye whiskey in a minute. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the fact that, that you're, you know, that you're where you are and, and things are kind of churning along the way, man, it's a uh, really nice job. And at two, you know, two plus years, I think mm-hmm. this is, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what more I could ask for. And everything that we're going to be tasting, I don't know if we mentioned it yet. Everything's a hundred percent rye. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent unmalted rye. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to revisit this 92 again. And while I'm revisiting this, what's the I haven't seen anything yet. Maybe uh I may maybe I'm not up to date on it. Uh what what's the plan look like to get into uh are you guys looking for some finish? I probably should save this to the end, but I'm I can't I just thought about it. But is there a plan to get into are you going to go down some finishing roads, uh barrel finishes, uh, it's I know Scott's a big cocktail guy. I, I'm assuming he's still hosting uh, his his cocktail nights uh, at the uh, at either online or I, by now you're probably back open at the distillery. So what's that looking like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So first, the cocktail class we actually did a little hybrid for this session. So uh, instead of at the bar that you guys are nice and jealous of last year, um, <laughs> he did it at the at the distillery, and we broadcast it online. So um, if you go to CatoctonCreek.com or CatoctonCreekDistilling.com or ByVirginiaRye.com, any one of those three will get you there. Um, you'll be able to sign up for our next session. I think we might be taking a little bit of a hiatus to give Scott his uh, Friday nights back for a little bit, um, but that'll be going on there. So we are hosting those uh, you know, virtually as well, which is fantastic. But uh, in terms of barrel finishes, we are, we do some barrel finishes. Now, uh, most of those are being utilized as part of our barrel pick program. And so um, if anybody out there listening is, uh, you know, a retailer or an on-premise location that's interested in potentially doing one, please reach out to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dan raising his hand. There. We're reaching, we're uh, reaching out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we can certainly talk about this, you guys. Uh, but we do some really fun stuff. Now, with that said, for this year, we're even more limited than we normally are. So given that two-year aging on there, everything that we're drinking or bottling now is what was distilled during the height of the pandemic, right? And as many small businesses at the time did, Scott and Becky sort of took stock and slowed things down a little bit. So I'm focusing our energies and ensuring that we've got the Roundstone Rye for our expansion. We grew at a little over 35% last year. We're looking to grow at about the same, uh, same amount this year. And so uh, we're not putting as much for this year into those secondary finish barrels to ensure that I've got enough of our core product going out there. Now, I do have some fun stuff. We've done some really cool things. Um, you know, we have, we do some brandies at the distillery. So we've got uh, some apple and peach brandy finishes, some great brandy finish barrels, um, some red wine casks, you know, stuff like that. We do have available, but, you know, such small production. We do them a, a barrel at a time and, you know, have some fun with it. It's not something that'll become, uh, mainline skews for for at least a little while yeah yeah no and understood yeah just but it's good to hear kind of what you're doing right and, and and why you're doing it how you're working on it and the most important thing is 
how do you get bottles on the shelf so people can buy it and people can drink it? So. Absolutely. And, you know, I was going to save this till the end, but I'll share it now because we're talking about uh, finished barrels. We do one annual release that is a finished product. So um, it is our Ragnarok rye, which is a collaboration with the rock band Guar. I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah. are familiar with Guar, um, yeah. but they are... Uh, pretty pretty intense band out of Richmond, Virginia, which is how we got uh, connected with those guys. And so we release our Ragnarok Rye, which is our 92 proof finished in sugar maple and cherry wood. And uh, that thing is awesome. The label art is amazing. Uh, we released it uh, sort of a uh, bifurcated release last year, but this year it'll be uh, a late June release nationally. Uh, more than doubling production. So that'll be a really fun one uh, that everybody should be able to get in, uh, you know, both online and, and, and at retail come late June. Hey, since you mentioned, so what's the release on, uh, on the four expressions? So the 8092 cask and, uh, and the bottle and bond, what's that? Uh, Cause I think you, you've got some limited releases on those as well, right? And, uh, multiple times a year. Yeah, so the Roundstone, the 8092 and Cask are everyday offerings. Those are available whenever anybody would like them. Ask your local retailer, you can find them. The Rabble Rouser, on the other hand, is incredibly limited. So uh, we're just one week past the global launch. Uh, so product is hitting shelf in markets. Uh, super small production on this one. So uh, about... 110 six packs about you know just under 700 total bottles made uh for this year we sold out of our allocation at the distillery i think it was about three and a half hours which is awesome um but out at uh wider retail in in those 28 states that we're in uh majority of them should be receiving bottles to those you know, key retailers, those bottle shops over the next week or two. Yeah, it's definitely one that, uh, you know, when I had it for the first time last year, I guess, I'm like, okay. Uh, and I nursed it for as long as I could. And I still got a little bit left because I, you know, things like this, I like to kind of save and, and, you know, drink side to side and see what they look like. Uh, you know, how, you know how's, it, how's it progressing? How's it changing? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's the deal? You know, and, and, I'm not recording. I'm not a weather man, so I'm not writing down what the weather was. I'm just drinking it and say, "How do I like one more than the other?" Uh, but I, I don't know if you're if you're watching me. But uh, but I, I just went back and nosed through all these, and I I don't do it intentionally, right? The bottles look kind of empty, but I send Dan you know send Dan some samples so he uh, he can drink and he doesn't bitch at me because I didn't send him any booze. Uh, but I went back and nosed through these things, and the differences in one Mashville all the way through is like just, I mean, it's crazy. And in mm-hmm. the, the different nuances that I'm kind of picking up on uh, ev- everything that exists and it gets, I don't know that anything got more, I didn't get more alcohol on anything per se. I just got more depth on everything as it kind of progressed through uh, either age or proof points. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if you're, you guys are on to that cast proof yet, but, you know, it is, that one is something special. I mean, if, if one in 10 barrels is selected to be our 92, one in 70 is selected to be that cast proof. And those are those that, you know, when Becky and the team taste them at that, uh, you know, proofing stage, they say, I can't, I can't do anything to this one. This, this, this has to go out to this. And, you know, it, it is amazing how the same barrels, the same warehouse, the same mash bill can come out with such marked, you know, changes in depth or, you know, little changes in flavor profile on the nose. It's, it's truly a, a, a great example of why having, you know, all of these different craft distillers out there matters, Right. We, we, yeah. we all make something different, right? So, you know, just saying, why do we need so many bourbons on the back bar? Why do we need so many rides on the shelf? Well, every single one of them is different. And it's, sure. it's all part of that journey and all part of fun of, 
experimenting and exploring. Is that where yeah, we're going this is actually going to... Are we going to the 160? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I wanted to ask Dean, because uh, I, I have not really advanced from the 92 yet. I've just kind of been nosing some of these. So yeah, you want to you want to save the bottle and bond until last, or you want to go uh, bottle and bond next? No, let's let's do the cask proof first. The the bottle and bond, even though it's got a little lower proof. See, I love I love this. I I love the fact though. So I don't mean to cut you off, but I yeah. got to say it because most people are like, no, 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 we got to drink in progression because we're going to get hotter and we're going to go. We're you know we're going to be at a higher proof point. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's like. That's like the days of you got, well, if you're having this, you got to drink red. If you drink, if you're having this, you got to drink white. And it's like, no, no, drink what you like, the way you like it, the way you want it. Right. I mean, that's- Absolutely. No. And, and so, yeah, let's go to the one sixteen. And one thing I didn't really mention is that all this is being made in copper pot stills. And, um, what you guys have in the glass right now was done in our 300 gallon copper pot still. Uh, named Ron, that was his, his name, Ron. And uh, just in August of this past year, we completed a million dollar expansion to triple our capacity. And as part of that was the installation of a new 600 gallon copper pot still, who is called D-Ron for double Ron. So uh, we've got Ron and D-Ron and uh, we're super excited. It's, you know, the everything is running exactly how it should. We got six new fermentation tanks and uh, Scott got the project done a little behind schedule, but that's not too, too sh- scary during, uh, during COVID, but under budget, which is amazing, right? Who would have thought anything would come under budget last year. And uh, Becky sure. and I were working on, and our projections for the next three to five years and realized we need a few more fermentation tanks. So Scott, Scott uh, did not like that. He had to squeeze a few more in, but we're continuing that expansion. So we're super excited. And uh, we're also getting a new bottling line and labeler, which will help a ton because right now uh, we're bottling three bottles at a time and uh, labeling by hand. So uh, we're really looking forward to getting, getting things a little more optimized in the facility so we can continue to grow. Nice. Nice. Which I, I mean, I'll have to say there is a little that I'm not saying the labeling by hand, but I mean, every bottle that I have, it's uh, there, there's something handwritten on each mm-hmm. bottle. Uh, and I would expect that's probably going to remain the same being that we're all single barrels here. I mean, we're probably going to see. Uh, so like uh, the cast proof is, on 320 out of 388. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're going to continue yeah, doing all that stuff. But it's just going to allow us to, uh, you know, get those into bottle a little quicker. We don't have to run so many shifts overnight and all of that. Uh, try to make it easier on our staff. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I'm smelling. I haven't tasted this. I, I, I haven't tasted this out of this glass. Uh, yeah. And I haven't tasted out of this bottle, actually, but I've tasted uh, the cast proof before. But I don't think, I don't recall saying this last time. If I would have, it would have been really, it's not weird. It's just kind of what I'm picking up. But I think it's a really cool note is if you, so I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, like the disc candy, right? The hard candy. If you mm-hmm. took a uh, butterscotch disc and you took a cinnamon disc and you put them into, you, you know, melt them down, put them into one. That's the nose on this thing all day. It is like all it's cinnamon disc and butterscotch disc. And it is, uh, it smells absolutely wonderful. Yeah. No. And that's right in line with what a majority of those cast group that we've got out there right now are tasting like, like that cinnamon, the depth of it really is, you know, just the, 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 the whole balance. Right. And so, I'm in, I'm in more liquor stores than probably just about anybody. And I taste this with just about everybody. And very often I get challenges that, are you sure this is 116, right? Mm. I get it all the time, which is why I had to take it off of my, my bar because, and, and that's, that's truly a testament to, you know, the ability that Becky has in making this smooth, but also the lack of chill filtration. Right. So those fats and lipids 
are really help carrying that proof through. It's, it's got, you know, body and balance and it's, it's just, I love it. I, I, I'm so happy I get to represent it. Yeah. You, you mentioned the balance on this and I think that's exactly, I mean, I think most folks that are thinking again, not, you know, all, I, I drink and like a lot of rye whiskeys. I think a lot of them kind of, you know, back of the palate, you start to get that burn and that heat. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is all the way through uh, from lips to finish. And you, you do get a little hug from it. So the, the 116 follows up, but it follows up that balance, just mouthfeel and all the complexities that are kind of going on in there. And it's that cinnamon bun, uh, with a, maybe an extra little sprinkle of cinnamon on top and then hit it again with that, uh, that, that icing on top of it. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really nice. And I totally understand how you can get in trouble with this because <laughs> it's one of those, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's sneaky, man. Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it's not sneaky good. It's just sneaky like shit. I had three of those. I should have had three. No, it is sneaky. Good. That's called sneaky good count. Yeah. <laughs> No, and it's, you know, it makes a phenomenal cocktail, but it's tough to bastardize it by making a cocktail Mm. out of it. But, you know, in any of those true whiskey forward cocktails, it just absolutely sings. It's so much fun to play around with when you're just, you know, trying to get creative. It, it, it really shines. Yeah, not not to cross market, I, but I'm just thinking like uh, this black Manhattan that I'm going to make later with that Saint Agresta Samaro is going to be like mm-hmm. it is it, that's uh, yeah that that's really gonna uh, gonna make this thing pop. Dan, what do you think about uh, what do you think about this one? The one sixteen. I think it's fantastic. You can tell it's more intense. I think it's more intense for sure. Um, but bold and, and and more full, right? So I mean, I think that from a, from a rye perspective, I think that you would agree. You probably gravitate towards this one. You know, we have, we, have, we haven't gotten to the, the bottle and bond one yet, but you gravitate towards this one and then you can always keep it down if you wanted to. Um, or you could leave it like this and get in trouble. So it's up to you. <laughs> no. And then that's a really good point too, Dan, that, you know, for those drinkers who think they like the big, bold rise, right. This is the one that speaks to them because it has, has that depth of both body, but also that spice that people who are thinking of what is you know classified as traditional American rye, it's got more of that. Now it's still warm, right? You're saying cinnamon, you're saying mm-hmm. butterscotch, those sort of things, but the spice is much more prevalent. Yeah, 100%. Now all of these you said are the same bill, right? Absolutely. Yes. And uh, just remind the audience from if they didn't listen to the last one, has that always been the case with you guys or did you go to that at a certain year and how long did it take you to get there? No, we, we since our inception, we've always been a hundred percent, uh, unmalted rye. Uh, that's been a big part of, you know, when Scott and Becky were starting the distillery back in 2009 and sort of trying to figure out what they wanted to make. Again, it was that history of, rye whiskey in Virginia. And so, you know, there weren't many craft distilleries out there at the time. We were the seventh licensed distillery in Virginia. Um, so, you know, they, they really said, let's make a play at this and let's make something that resonates historically as well as contemporary, you know, contemporarily, uh, hits both of those narratives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, which I think they did. I, I'm going to go back and revisit some of these uh, in a little bit. So I, I'm going to move on to uh, to the Rabble Rouser, which is oh boy, I don't know. I'm going to say it's the one I kind of lean towards. And I, you know, it's the, <laughs> the one that's probably more challenging to get. So of course, why wouldn't it be? But uh, but yeah, I, I think that, and I think the fact that. Um, and, and, you know, we, we talked with Scott a little bit about this last time, but you, you may want to share, uh, you know, your outlook or your take on it. But I, I think anytime you can, uh, you know, as Bernie Levers would say, anytime you can wear the badge, wear the badge, show it off then. Green and mm-hmm. and I, I think to, I think to go from, you know, your, uh, your, your flagship offerings and then to say, Hey, let's, you know, what, what's our, what's the, evolution i probably used that way too many times or, or, or saying it unfairly but it's like what are we going to do next and i think it really shows off 
what another two years in uh, in the barrel, at least two years in the barrel does. And yeah, this is this is one that uh, it's on my uh, gotta have it list. And you know, I think the fun thing about it is, is even though it's limited production, uh, I think the more people that get acclimated to it, the more people that drink it. I mean, this becomes one of those. Yeah, that's another one of those. I gotta have it. I gotta have mm-hmm. it when it's released in February ish, right? Yeah, no, and absolutely. And you know, in in our home markets, it's got that that amazing following, right? You know, as I said, we sold out in three hours. So, you know, that's that's exactly it. And you know, it, it's a it's a fun whiskey in in a couple of different ways. So again, same 100% rye mash bill, right? That starts exactly the same, but then we change a little bit. So Becky's, uh, her history is as a chemical engineer. That's what she did prior to Scott uh, coming up with this harebrained idea to start a distillery. And so she loves to experiment. And so that's what Rabble Rouser was born out of, was an experimentation of what would happen if we distill a little bit differently. So, you know, taking that uh, copper pot still and opening up all the plates in the column on the top. So getting truly that traditional, just using that pot still piece and distilling it that way, what happens? So you get more of the oiliness, more of the funkiness. Uh, Scott always likes to say it's the, you know, hillbilly rye. And, uh, you know, so we, we take it from there. And then another difference is that the round stone rye goes into barrel at 119.5. And we put the rabble rouser into barrel at a li- about 116, so a little bit lower proof. So the distillation process is a little bit different, it's going into barrel a little bit lower. And then finally, this one goes into full 53-gallon barrels. So while the round stone goes in those 30-gallon barrels, rabble rouser goes into 53s. So that four-year age does change it, and you've got a little extra depth to it, but you're not necessarily, you know, if you look at the, the rabble rouser versus the cask proof, right, color side by side, there's not a whole lot of difference, even though you've got the two extra years. I mean, you really, you know, it's, it's truly a testament to those 30-gallon barrels, but that's, that's what's so fun and different about that rabble rouser is that funkiness, that oiliness shines through, uh, you know, it, it just truly is a lot of fun. I, I wish I had more than the one bottle I've got in the last 15 months, but you know, but it's, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the age in the bear. And, and I totally agree with you on, on the color profile that you're not getting you. I don't know that you would be able to see the difference. I don't know that I can see the difference necessarily. Uh, but I can definitely smell the difference. I can mm-hmm. taste the difference. And I don't look at one as being, uh, I don't look at one as being more balanced than the other. What I do notice in, uh, in, in the rabble rouser is it, it's, uh, I, I'm getting more of that oak. I'm getting more mm-hmm. of the um, kind of grain cereal and and I think it's that combination of it, you know, of it, of it moving in and out of the barrel, right? As, as it's heating and cooling, and it's taken on some more of those oak characteristics uh, just over the, you know, the, the next two plus years that it kind of sits there. And it's uh, it, it's definitely a unique taste compared to the cast. And again, if you said you weren't a rye whiskey drinker, I don't know that I would steer you towards. Uh, the rabble rouser, I think I would probably, if you said, Hey, I'm a high proof bourbon drinker, I think I would push you and, but I don't like, you know, I don't drink rise or I'm not familiar with them. I think I would push you more towards the cast proof than I would the bottle and bond. If I was trying to, you know, turn you on to, Hey, you ought to drink, you know, you should, maybe this is a rye whiskey you would like. I mean, I think there's a lot of good, I mean, me personally, I'd be like, well, if you didn't give me the rabble rouser, I'd be like, well, why why didn't you give me that shit to begin? I mean, like, come on, man, what are you doing to me? Or give me both and let me taste them. But I I think there's uniqueness to both of them. And again, once you kind of get educated on, you know, what's what's in the glass, uh, you know, what was in the barrel before it went into the glass, I, I think it's a really neat 
um, experience to go through this as a tasting, which has to make your job, I don't want to say easy, but it has to make it, uh, it's got to make it more fun and more entertaining when you're able to walk in with this profile and you're going to be able to take somebody from entry all the way through uh, a cast proof. And uh, now I'm going to bring you back to a bottle and bond, right, that we've doubled the age statement on. And you're going to get kind of a kind of a different you're going to get a similar profile, but you're going to get a different experience in every bottle that you open. Absolutely. And and that's exactly right. Right. The the core is Catoctin Creek. Right. There's no mistaking, especially across that round stone. There's no mistaking that it's Catoctin Creek rye. But it is a lot of fun to be able to walk people through that progression. And, you know, I do a lot of consumer shows and stuff like that. And I love having somebody come up to my booth and say, what do you have? And I say, well, I got some rye whiskey. And say, well, I don't like rye whiskey. And I say, well, give me a shot, please. You're the person I want to have here right now. Please let me, let me give you a rye whiskey and taste them on the 80 proof. And, you know, they even all eight or nine times out of 10 go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I do like that. You're right. And it's, you know, that's a great joy of mine is to be able to open somebody's eyes to something they weren't sure they were going to like, or didn't think they were going to like and share them what we've got. So no, it absolutely is a lot of fun. And then again, being able to show up anywhere with a bottle of rabble rouser is a lot of fun. Anytime I can show up with a bottle of rabble rouser, I'm happy and everybody's having a good time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know how much time we have with you, Dean. Um, so I, want to, I want to uh, save some time for some fun stuff at the end. Um, but, uh, it, it's been, I, you know, again, I, I can, I can drink through these things. And, and as I mentioned, I, I don't revisit them as much as I probably should. And every time I do, I'm like, Holy shit. Why have I, I've been drinking more of that, but, uh, but you're working on that. That's a good thing. Uh, you're in, in Dallas, you're in Dallas, Texas, uh, getting things rocking and rolling down there. Uh, and, and what other cities are you going to be hitting up in, in Texas while you're there? If you can say, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be in Dallas for a couple of days here. Then I'm heading down to San Antonio for a day, then going to hit Austin. Um, then I'm heading back home to Chicago. Uh, that's where I'm based out of. I, when I joined the company, they said, we don't need more people down at the distillery. Let's, uh, Let's keep you where you're at, which worked out great. And uh, did I, yeah, did I hear and, you say? Did I hear? Did I hear you say you're uh, trying to uh, miss as much winter as you can? <laughs> and Cal, my wife's going to listen to this, so I don't think I can. Uh, oh, well, never mind, honey. I'll be home as soon as possible. I'm trying to get there quick. No, it, it's been great. Uh, you know, lucky, you know, as lucky, luckily we have uh, distribution and lots of work to do all over the country. So I won't say I wasn't strategic when I planned my January trips to San Diego and Miami. Um, you know, those, those might've been choice trips for me, but I, I won't, I also don't always pick right. In early February, I went to Michigan during the middle of a snowstorm then Denver. So I don't always make the right choice. Hey, Miami in July it gets a little. It gets a little rough. It gets a little rough in the summer. I, I'm with you. It's more of a yeah. I get you. Yeah. Good. I hear there's good skiing near Denver. So I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking if like if I hired this, if I hired Dean, and if Dean's like making the, I'm like okay. I mean, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I mean, he's not heading to uh, you know, he's not heading to Maine in February. It's uh, nothing wrong with Maine's beautiful in February. Hey, you gotta say, you gotta go months. sell in the middle of peak season, right? So exactly, yeah, exactly. You guys got it. You guys know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So if we, if we got you for a few more minutes, uh, Absolutely. Let, let, let's, uh you, you want, you want to do your plug and then we'll, we'll, let's, if we can get to know Dean a little bit and do uh chat about some fun stuff and step on a little whiskey. Absolutely. Yeah. So please, uh, go to contactedcreek.com by Virginia Uh, we have a where to buy, where to try page on there updated from when Scott was on last time. So it's got a list of all of our, uh, bars and retailers based on your uh, your location. 
We also now have um, a national e-commerce partner. So if you are unable to uh, find at a local retailer, uh, just you know, go ahead and order at buyvirginiarye.com. We've got coverage at, I think, 47 states, which is great. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to myself, Dean at CatoctonCreek.com with any questions that you've got. Um, you know, we're, we're growing, we're having fun. If you want to find us, we certainly can. Absolutely. All right. So here's my first question. So you're heading to Austin, Texas. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope that you've got, uh, that you know the schedule. If you don't, I'm going to look it up for you. Do you have Dell Watson on the schedule? Are you going to see Dell? Have you ever seen Dell Watson? And if you haven't, do you have him on the schedule? Oh, I've not seen Dale Watson. And unfortunately, Austin's my day where I got to leave early to fly home. So mm. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to make it this time, but next time I'll put it on the schedule. Well, next time you go, I want to know, I'll meet you down there and we'll go, uh, we'll go see Dale. Uh, yeah, we'll go see Dale perform at, uh, at a few of the places down there. Uh, do, you have, do you have any favorite? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, and if you don't know who Dale is, for those of you that are listening, uh, he is pretty much like the king of rockabilly, I guess. Western. I don't know what Dale is. Dale Watts. Just Google Dale Watson and, uh, I don't know. You know, he, he's, uh, I think he is the, he is Lone Star beer. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Not that, not that we, not that we're advertising for Lone Star beer, but, uh, but that's a fun ass show, man. If you ever get a chance to go watch Dale Watson. So any, um, are you a fan of Texas by the way? So you're a uh, Michigan <laughs> and a Chicago guy. And I know you're a fan of Texas per se, but I mean, do you have any favorite spots that you're like, when I go to Texas, uh, regardless of the city that you got to hit while you're there. You know, to be honest, I, I don't get to spend enough time in any of these cities to fall in love with anything. Right. I, I mean, you know, six or seven bars and restaurants every single day, you know, for me, I want to find a spot that's got a good cocktail a nice, easy vibe and a good Wi-Fi connection. That that's what I need because that's what I'm going. I need a now. good. I need, I need a good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, guys, I won't. I won't lie. I will not turn down an evening on Dirty Six. So, mm. uh, you know, sometimes you got you got to let that just happen. But uh, not always. No, no, understood. Are, are you are you a golfer at all? I absolutely am. Yeah, I actually just got a got a new driver just uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh oh, here we go. What you get? What you get? Uh, I got the uh, TaylorMade uh, the Sim. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, it, it's not golfing weather in Chicago. <laughs> it's not. I've been dialing in at the simulator. I've been. Uh, been trying to get it dialed in. I've got a golf weekend coming up with uh, some buddies down in North Carolina that we're trying to finalize everything. So, uh, you know, we're I'll, I'll get I'll get some balls hit hit pretty soon. Well, where, are you, where are you heading to North Carolina? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know where we're playing. I know that I'm staying near Pinehurst on one day and then near Raleigh the next, but. Uh, another buddy's in charge of tea times. I'm, I'm showing up. That's I'm going to bring my clubs and showing up with some whiskey. That's what I'm responsible for. So hold on. We're, we were, were we messaging about Pinehurst like a several, uh, like four or five weeks ago? No, that wasn't me. Okay. Okay. All right. It was somebody, uh, but uh, I think the gentleman's name was Dean and I didn't put two and two together <laughs> and because I didn't think they were together. Uh, well, got some great recommendations for you, by the way. Uh, Fantastic. If, even if they're, but, but if you got, uh, if, you know, if you've got folks that are setting up the golf, let them do it. Uh, don't depend on us. <laughs> uh, we're not professionals at anything, uh, but you're, you're going to enjoy some really, really good. Uh, <clears throat> you're going to have a good time down there and depending on, are they, is anybody from there or. Uh, yeah. One of the guys lives down there in the Raleigh area. Okay. All right. So he's the guy. Okay. Gotcha. Hey Dean, uh, while we're on the golf thing. So a little trivia for you. We had, um, Matthew Hemacek on from, 
he's a he's a director from HBO. He did the Tiger documentary on HBO, mm-hmm. you know, Tiger Woods last year. Yeah. We were we had him on, and then afterwards, and we, we're gonna get we're gonna get him back on. Afterwards, we were kind of talking with him on on uh, Insta on the chat kind of feature, you know, on the comments and all. You know what? You know what he recommended that he had just gotten for his birthday some Kataka Creek. Get out of here! Nope, one hundred percent. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Well, that yeah. that is it's yeah. good. To, good to have friends that give you good stuff, right? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Do you know? So, do you know Matt? <laughs> no, I no, I do not know okay. Matt. But he's got right. good friends, okay. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, so you're heading to North Carolina. You're going to the Sand Belt. So, I don't know. You may have a little tobacco road in there. A little dormy club. Maybe some pine needles or pine hearse. Uh, I don't, I don't, maybe there are members somewhere. You could squeeze a few other things at plenty, plenty of good golf up there. Uh, we'll, we'll kick over, um, just, uh, just in case some bars, if you're in the Pinehurst area that you'll, and, and maybe some good places, as you mentioned, where you can get a good cocktail and, uh, you know, be, uh, every, everybody's friendly and, uh, and, and supportive of, uh, good whiskey and, and golfers and, and, welcoming what more could somebody ask for so perfect last good golf trip you went on and uh what's your uh, bucket list course that you want to play augusta Uh, everybody's bucket list course (laughs) well my my bucket list is pebble beach and i uh i got a quick little anecdote when i was in i probably was in high school uh, my uncle is a venture capitalist and he was working on a deal with somebody and they started talking and he mentioned that his nephews like playing golf. And so this gentleman, I don't know who he was offered to fly my brother and I, my brother is four years younger than I am. So he probably would have been middle, you know, middle school at the time offered to fly us out to play Pebble beach. And my uncle said, no, no, I don't think they'd be interested. So <laughs> how many, how many I mean, times have you punched your uncle since then? You know, he, he's, he's made up for it with a, with a few good dinners and some nice bottles of wine. So I, I think he's earned his, uh, he's earned his penance, but, uh, I may have missed my shot at Pebble. Uh, but the last good golf trip I went on would have, it would have been last year. So I do, uh, an, a couple annual golf trips just around, uh, the Michigan area with buddies from college and, didn't play any amazing courses, uh, just played some, you know, stay and play package at a sort of muni type place, but played some really good golf myself. One, I think I won three out of four of the rounds. So for me, for it was a great golf trip and, you know, it was the first time doing it in two years. So that'd be the last one I went on. Yeah, okay. All right. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe, Maybe you ought to hit the guy back up again. I'm sure there's somebody there. Uh, I mean, I, I think once you've owned a private jet, you probably still own or have access to a private jet. And once you have access to the club, unless it's Dan, you probably still have access to the club. <laughs> Dan, it, it's, one, it's one of those things you probably get into. That's probably true. That's a good point. I should, I should make some phone calls after we get off here. I, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, Catoctin Creek. Uh, you know, are they serving it at the at the bar? You know what? It, it could be a sales pitch. There we go. We figured it all out, guys. Yeah. De- definitely could be. Um, so what? What's uh, what's Dean doing in his free time? What when you're not uh, when you're not pushing? Uh, you know, when you're not promoting Catoctin Creek, and you know, oddly enough, uh, the. Pro Sweetens Cove is trying to FaceTime me. Badamski, I'll get back with you, buddy. <laughs> uh, but, well, that's the other thing. And I don't know if I see you guys in Tennessee yet. So when you do, uh, you got to come down. We'll go to Sweetens, and uh, we, you know, we'll have, a, have an outing there. That'll be a fun one. We, we are in Tennessee, and I'm going to be in Nashville in, I don't know, within the next month or so. So hmm. I'll certainly I'll let you know when I'm going to be there. But – when I'm not uh, when I'm not promoting Catoctin Creek, I'm trying to golf as much as you know the ten weeks of summer in uh, the Midwest allows me. Uh, I'm I'm a runner. I try to get as much of that in as well. But you know I, I spend a ton of time 
in bars and restaurants, just enjoying good food and good drink. I mean, I, I, I'm a really lucky guy where I get to do what I like to do on my free time for my job. Nice. Nice. So Dean, where's your favorite place? Where is your favorite place to uh, have a cocktail near home? Oh, so in Chicago, obviously there's a ton of great cocktail bars. I mean, there's, there's tons of them right by my house is a small little place called the matchbox. And at, uh, at its widest, it's the bar plus two people. And at its narrowest, it is one person. It's where three streets converge and, uh, they make a great cocktail. It's a half a mile from my house. It's good stumbling distance. It's absolutely perfect. Nice. <laughs> you can't beat that, Cal. There you go. What's, so anywhere you're traveling in the world, you've traveled a bit. So anywhere you're traveling, uh, and you can keep you you can go regional, domestic, whatever you want to do. What, what's a must stop? What what's a hey? You may not have seen this place before. Outside of we got to go outside of Chicago because you just dropped this one. But what's a what's a must stop for a cocktail? Ooh, must stop for a cocktail. I can give you mine. I can give you mine while I'm thinking. Yeah. You gotta yeah. go, you gotta hit up, you gotta hit up employees only, and mm-hmm. you gotta do the paper plane. Mm. In New York. Yes. I know it's kind of cliche, but I I don't know if it's if the paper plane is cliche. I guess it's a classic ish, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I that actually I mean, I love a good paper plane, to be honest. It, it's the cocktail that I didn't, I wasn't super familiar with until a couple of, um, a couple of years ago, for some reason, it just hadn't hit the Midwest. And, you know, I, I yeah, I loved it, but I'd say actually, so there's a place in Brooklyn called Maison Premier, hmm. which is a, uh, New Orleans style cocktail bar in Brooklyn. And they make a fantastic cocktail. Nice. Ooh, happy Mardi Gras, by the way. Yeah, there we go. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, take us home, bud. I think, uh, I don't have anything else to let you do, bud. We well, I guess that's it. I mean, he's got things to do, man. I know he does. Well, you know, you know guys, guys, before, before I let you go, I have a question for you guys. Hopefully you okay. can help me out. Okay. So yeah, I'm in sure. a fantasy, I'm in a fantasy golf league. Hmm. And I've been, it's a, you pick two players a week. It's like, uh, you know, um, you only get to use a guy once for the year and I've been doing horribly yeah. this year. One and done. And yeah, I, sure. yeah. I need, I need some, some advice for the Arnold Palmer this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I need, I need some advice. Who do you guys think, you know, it's, uh, you know, based on prize money. So it doesn't need to be winner. Yep. What, who do you think is going to have a good showing? Mm. Well, Dan, do this. you want to start or do you want me to? You start because you stole mine. <laughs> well, here, here's what I would say is, uh, so I picked Sun JM last week at the Honda Classic. Sun JM missed the cut, which is extremely rare. Sun Jay is an extremely good Bermuda putter. And for Sun Jay, and Sun Jay usually plays really well on the Florida swing. So for, to see Sun Jay go back to back missed cuts, would be really uh, really weird to me. I don't know if you've used him or not. I can tell I you who I picked. Okay, so I, I think that's a good uh, – I think that uh, he's got a good track record. We could pull up Fantasy National and we could just redo our DraftKings show. But I think that Sanjay <laughs> is, uh, is a really good uh, – I think he's a good pick. He's got a good run. Uh, what is He's like uh, – he's single digits, right, in the past three or four outings there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have that. Uh, so, so that's fine. I think Sunjay's good. Uh, the other two people that I that and I couldn't use Sunjay, so I was between between McElroy and Matthew Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick plays this play. Both of them play it really good. So if you haven't used either of them, I think that I haven't used either. And I use Fitzpatrick, and I think that the course is going to set up really well because it could get a little windy. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to favor Fitzpatrick. That's the direction I went. Dan right, so picked I, uh, Bryson. D, 
Dan picked Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me I couldn't use him, so I chose Phil. <laughs> uh, no, I actually picked Fitzpatrick, and then I saw that Cal used it. I'm like, oh, who am I going to use now? So I took I took Will Zalatoris. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, perfect. Well, that's very helpful. I I think I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, him and uh, Rory, because I've used Fitzpatrick's El Torres already. So okay, there you go. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Now, see, I, I don't know that I would burn both of those. I, I would I would not use both of the. If this is just me saying, I wouldn't use both of them because you can only use them once during the season, right? It's fair. Yeah, this is fair. I've been I've been doing one big name, one long shot, all all year. Oh so. no no no! I I, I think I think you got to go long, man. I think you can get a little bit deep, and you can go to a. Uh, 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 I mean, you, you could go Adam Scott if you hadn't used him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good pick. I think you could go. Uh, I, I, I mean, I started a DraftKings lineup with Zach Johnson. I mean, like he's okay. made every cut that he's ever played here, and he just got uh, elected as the 2023 President's Cup. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ryder Cup captain. So yep. I think he's going to be riding high. That's really low, though. I don't think you have to go that low. I think you could get into some. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I would burn two big ones. Um, no, you give you. I think you've given me enough to to play around with. I think uh, I got some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'd leave with Rory or Fitzy, and then I'd I'd get, or M. And then mm-hmm. go a different direction with, uh, I go a long shot after that one. That way you've got two, but I do like that. That's pretty cool that you get to pick two people. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good league. I never win anything, but it's fun to do. <laughs> All right, Dean. <laughs> so you're traveling around the world. You travel around the country. What is the one thing that you travel with that most people don't think of that is like you would never travel without? The one thing I travel with that I can't travel without that people were like, oh, I didn't think of that. That's so genius. You know what? I Because I wear a collared shirt all the time. I travel with a pack of magnetic collar stays oh, that I travel nice. with every single time. So I, st- I stay, looking, stay looking good. Even if I might have had a little too much to drink, I don't look sloppy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, well, yeah, you should follow Dean on social media. I mean, he's always looking sharp and, uh, he's always, uh, dressed to the nines band. I mean, that is one thing that, uh, that, that's never, uh, and that hair, Dean, that hair, <laughs> well, what, 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 you, what kind of product are you using? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I, I use, I use a, a hard wax. I use a hard wax and it's fantastic. Hard wax. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, it's always looking sharp then. I appreciate it. Good. Mm. Dean, it's been a pleasure. I know we got to let you get back to your, uh, to your real job. I can't thank you enough for sending us over things that we can uh, say positive things about and mean them. Mm. Uh, I mean, if we don't mean them, we don't say them. And uh, the things that are happening and have been happening at Catoctin Creek are, uh, I mean, it's bliss in a glass and it's good to hear that, uh, that, Things are expanding. Uh, we've, you know, the footprint's getting bigger, and yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to round of golf with you, my friend, and uh, sharing a pour, bud. Absolutely, I can't, I can't wait. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, thank awesome. you, Dean. Yeah, Dean, cheers, bud. Cheers. Cheers. cheers.